Hi, this is Tony Bellamy here on Just Cooling the Podcast. Um, tonight's show, we're going to feature the great Chick Korea, um, multi keyboardist, um, uh, many a Grammy Award winner, and uh, was known as for his fusion, um, uh, bop, classical music, as well as chamber music. Uh, many solo albums, and we're going to feature uh, what Chick did from his early career all the way up to Return to Forever. Um, Chick was born June 12, 1941, uh, Armando uh, John, his father, and Anne Korea. And by the way, his grandfather immigrated from Italy. If those who think Chick was Latin, Chick didn't really consider himself Latin, even though you heard the Latin music in Chick's sound. Okay, he got the name Chick by his aunt, who always called him Chiki, Chiki, and it all became Chick the rest of his life. Um, in 1945, uh, Chick Corea's mom bought Bison a, a piano because Chick's interested in music. In 1952, he now changes. Just going to get used to that. He wants to play the drums. So Chick was a drummer as well. And what you will see here, as I explained, uh, Chick's uh, early interest in uh, Latin music. He's playing uh, around with Phil Barboza in Massachusetts. Many gigs, likes the way of the uh, Latin sound, of dancing and everything. And this is also what happened when he would um, move to New York. He played uh, Latin music while living in the Bronx. Okay. Um, but he also meets, um, in 1959, the great Tony Williams, who becomes a friend of his. But the reason that Chick really moved to New York was to attend Columbia University. And then Juilliard, or Juilliard and then Columbia University, didn't work out. He said, hey, I want to become a musician. And uh, told his pops, and you know, hey, that's what I want to do. His father supported him. And Chick went in that way and uh, continued gigging <coughs> around the city. And, uh, and up until 1962, he did his first recording with the great Mongo Santa Maria. In Chick's early days, he was influenced by the great bop pianist, um, Bud Powell, and also Horace Silver, who he loved because of his composing and music that was suited for himself, but the dominant person was the great Art Tito, uh because of the feeling of what he did uh, with his playing and creativity, which would be the kind of thread uh, of Latin music um, that uh, would be the thread for uh, Chick uh, in his career. In the 1960s, uh, Chick is a major sideman for many groups, such as Blue Mitchell, and he records his first tune called um, um, Chick's, well, who was his first tune? Chick's tune. <laughs> and uh, then uh, he records also with Stan Getz, um, not with records, but plays with Stan Getz, uh, Sarah Vaughn, Herbie Mann. And by the way, Chick takes a hiatus from 1964 to 1966 to play drums. Okay. And in 1967, he returns and uh, he um, <clears throat> is a pivotal year. He forms a trio with Miroslav Virtus and also uh, the great Roy Haynes and he records his first album, um, uh, Now He Sings, Now He Sobs, as a leader. Okay? He becomes influential in jazz at that time and Chick is on the map as someone to watch in the jazz world. Okay? But in 1968, Chick gets invited by the great uh, Miles Davis to replace Herbie Mann. I mean, not Herbie Mann, but uh, um, Herbie Hancock. And the reason he was replacing, because Herbie, you know, Hancock had left, and uh, he needed a pianist. And he thought, hey, well, 
This is the guy that can do it. And in that album was Frilles did Kilimanjaro, which was a major album for Chick. I mean, for, for Miles at that time and Chick playing on there a couple of the tunes. Okay. So in 1969, though, Miles goes electric and he's influenced by Tony Williams, who had an album, who was really the innovator of fusion, uh, along with John McLaughlin. Um, the album was Emergency. And he was influenced Miles Davis by his wife, uh, Betty Davis, to go that way uh, into the fusion direction. And Chick records with Miles in a silent way. And then the Monster album that changed everything was Bitches Brew, which was... Um, got the name from his wife, uh, Miles Davis' wife, Betty Davis, who also influenced him uh, with that, with his style. Now, the big thing for Miles was he changed with the trumpet that was electric and also had a wah-wah sound, completely changed everything, okay? Records this double album called Bitches Brew, along with new sidemen John McLaughlin, Joseph Zawinul, Bernie Baupin, Puba Laws, and Woody Shaw, okay? This, this is a major recording. Jazz world is flipping out not really digging where Miles was going, all right? So, but at the same time, in 1970, Miles, uh, uh, Chick leaves and decides to form his own group um, called Circle, and he goes with the avant-garde, uh, completely different. Um, um, and with this, this innovation of, um, of the avant-garde came um, really um, uh, from Ornette Coney, and the saxophonist Ornette Coney. Uh, in that same year, Chick leaves Circle, Okay, that was the name of the group that he had um, to form a group called Return to Forever because he felt the music wasn't communicating to the audience. It was just communicating to the uh, to the musicians and the audience had to catch up. Okay, so in that same year that he left, returned, he, he wanted to create some music that was communicative to the audience uh, that they could get something out of that was direct and simple. So this musical style of communicating um, instead of just with the audience, uh, he, he gets a, he, he decided to call the group Return to Forever, okay? Meaning a creative place of music that was fun and you could always return to, okay? Forever is a word, as Chick said, is a, a duration of time without ending, okay? You see, and it, it implies a place where it's always the same. It's simple and beautiful. You can always, the creativity happens and so, this is Return to Forever. The Return to Forever group style was first a Latin uh, music style that was very melodic. And the members were 19-year-old Stanley Clark, um, great Ayerto, vocalist Flora Prim, and um, Joe Farrell. And their debuted album in 1972 was L.A. Fiesta, followed by Light as a Feather. Okay? And... Um, that Light as a Feather was a major album with Flora Prim singing on. And also the tune on there was Spain, uh, which became a jazz standard in the jazz world in 1972. Later adding on with lyrics, I, I believe first was uh, uh, Bobby McFerrin and then Al Jarreau, who just took it to another planet, okay? Um, but it, it, they got a Grammy. Everything was cool. Everything was happening. And then the second... Another change happened. This time, it was the members. Flora Perim and Ayerto didn't want to go touring. They wanted to form their own family. They, they also um, you know, wanted to do their own thing as far as music was concerned. Okay, So Chick and Stanley decided to say, well, we got to go in a different direction as well. So they um, added drummer uh, Lenny White 
and Bill Connors and wanted to go into more of a, a rock, Latin, jazz genre that they were experimenting with. Okay, and uh, Return to Forever became the the creators of this sound. And in 1973, they did the album of uh, called Seventh Son of Galaxy, which developed um, the jazz rock genre. Okay, but Bill Connors leaves shortly after recording that album uh, because of artistic differences. So Chick um, invites uh, a young 19-year-old by the name of Al Demiola, and the, the group really, really takes off with Al uh, joining the group. Um, uh, they um, they go into a different sound that um, works for them. And uh, by, they also became very popular. And they had a string of recordings in 1974, Where Have I Known You Before, which was the first time I really heard Chick and uh, the group at a, at, a, at a party, a college party, uh, followed by 1975's No Mystery, another Grammy, and then Romantic Warrior in 1976. They were playing in stadiums, okay? I saw them at Nassau Coliseum, Madison Square Garden, and also um, the Palladium. Uh, when it was the Palladium, um, before it became the NYU, uh, as it is now, uh, NYU Dormitory. Okay, they, you know, they were huge. They were the only jazz group that ever had demanded such large um, uh, concert uh, um, um, audiences. Um, that would come along later with the um, Weather Report and the Mahavishnu Orchestra at the same time. Okay, but with all the success, you know, Romantic Warrior in 1976, the group broke up because Chick broke the group up. And the reason he did that was because of artistic differences. Also, Scientology, uh, Stanley Clark had left, and there were some you know, disagreements about that. So the group left, and they did their final album uh, as a group. Not them, different members that returned to forever. Uh, it, it was called Music Chamber in 1977. And it, it wasn't the same anymore Okay, with the new members. So Chick would continue to create new bands, uh, solo projects, Gary Burden and other different artists, uh, John McLaughlin reuniting with him. And uh, finally, uh, Return to Forever reunited in 2012 and went on a worldwide tour. And, you know, I guess that's why they called him Return to Forever, um, because you could always return to this happy place. I saw them myself. Um, you know, I saw them many times. I saw them at this 2012 tour at the former Reverend Ike's Church, which is actually a former movie theater. It wasn't former, but that's where they had the show. Okay. Korea passed in February 2021, just this year. Uh, really sad. Um, he was enormously popular for what he had done in music um, or, and, and communicating on, on social media with um, Instagram and also um Facebook, just recording, answering questions, rehearsal. Uh, I mean, that was Chick. He is so missed. Uh, you know, I can't say enough. I hope you enjoyed uh, what I did here tonight <laughs> about Chick and uh, what his music represented to my generation and many people. Uh, to the next broadcast, this is Just Cooling the Podcast on Podbean as well as Spotify. Have a great day, great night, great weekend. Talk to you soon.